Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Chisa Pod. I am Masara Semela and I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but this is our very last podcast for the year. But do not fret, as I have with me singer and songwriter Langa Mavuso, who tells us what he's all about. Stay tuned to hear what he has to say. Enjoy! Yes, Umzanzi Celebville is filled with flavor. But you know that Or who secured the latest bag? Or just who's dripping with sauce? And who's adding the spice? Because if it's hot, then it's definitely in the cheese pot. Anyway, Langa, tell me, who are you, what are you, and what are you about? Um, Langa is um, a singer, songwriter, an all-round musician, also just a person who grew up in Johannesburg in the South. I went to Meadow Primary, went to the National School of the Arts for High School, read the classical music and drama, and moved on to UCT to study jazz, came home, worked in advertising for a little bit, and then decided... I just want to do what I love and go back to music and yeah, the rest is history. Yeah. And how old were you when you realized that you have a passion for singing? Ooh, eight. I was eight years old, but I always had a yearning for the stage, if I'm being honest with you. Um, I lived with my grandmother, Eti Gloof, like from like as a baby until I was like five years old. But every holiday I would go home to my mom and my dad and they lived in Orlando. And they would always be in choir rehearsals whenever I'd be there because it was like obviously mm. the weekend. And I'd sit at the back of the hall listening to them rehearse for like choral competitions and stuff. And I would really, really like want to be on the stage with them. I would practice the routines with them, like as if I was going to be on that stage with them. And mm. the competitions would come. I would see how people were, would respond and the applause. And for, for a very long time, I just yearned for that kind of thing as well. Not knowing that there was a gift or that there was something brewing inside. When I found my voice, it just felt like all of that kind of yearning and, and, and wanting to be on stage with them and practicing and just like wanting to emulate what they were doing, it, it kind of came to fruition for me. That's when I discovered my voice and... From then, I was like, I'm going to do everything I can to make this dream a reality. Yeah. So would I be correct in saying that you are from a family of uh, singers? And who do you take after? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone can sing. I'm just the best one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, um, But yeah, I, I come from a family of singers. Everyone sings in the house. My mom, my brother, my dad. And even and like even even my stepdad, like growing up with my stepdad, he he and my mom met through the choir. Um, mm. and 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 a crazy thing happened just before I dropped the album. I went home to KZN, uh, with 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 my dad, and he said to me that, um, me releasing my album was a dream realized for my great grandfather, who had always to be a musician and to, and to do what I do. And he said for generations in the family, music has always been like a prevalent thing and everyone has kind of yearned to, to pursue it. But um, 
the circumstances have never allowed for anyone to really kind of um, delve into it. He was so happy that I was able to to fulfill that, um, mm. and and he was like, "It's your fearlessness and your bravery to, to to chase after your dreams is somehow a fulfillment of a dream that uh, was there way before you." And um, he was just so pleased and just so happy to see me um, mm. do that, you know. And that was an amazing thing for me because. I wanted to go home just before the album came out, just to kind of, to kind of just have have a moment of grounding and of gratitude uh, for all those who kind of walked the walk before I had been there, um, and 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 just to really give thanks, you know. And and so it was such an amazing thing to be a Kai Hagwazulu. Um, and 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 just really like kind of see the humble beginnings that we come from, and, and and to appreciate how far we've come and what what it really means, you know. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. So yeah. so who would you say influenced your sound? Because your sound is quite unique, and <laughs> it's quite for real. It's quite it's like one of those sounds. If you start singing, someone is in awe. Like people are captivated by you. So who would you say influenced your, your sound? Ah, uh, you know, there's, it, it differs like through time. So growing up, I listened to a lot of Bab Kaifas and Ringo at home. My parents played a lot of mm. and a lot of Ringo. You know, I, I think all of our moms had a crush on Ringo. Um, <laughs> yes. in, his, in his gap days. Um, <laughs> and, yes. And... <laughs> And I think when I started to kind of have a, an, a, a choice of my own of what I wanted to listen to, I really went into the neo-soul era. A lot of Maxwell, D'Angelo, Raphael Sadiq, Erica. Mm. Like from 12 until maybe 16, I was listening to those people. Duele, Anthony Hamilton. I was heavy, heavy, heavy into those, those artists. Mm. But I always loved a singer, you know, like mm. I love to listen to singers or Luther Van Ross, uh, Donny Hathaway, Whitney Houston. Those singers for me were kind of like very important in my journey of just kind of hearing how far you can stretch the voice. But mm. I, musically, I was really, really influenced by, by that like neo-soul, soulquarian um, movement that happened in the early 2000s. Um, and obviously, when I got to high school, I started listening to classical music as I was studying it. Um, and going into UCT, I had no choice but to listen to jazz, you know, mm. because I was studying. And mm. so I would say it's kind of like a mixed masala of all of those things. Um, but I also like, when I started making music, I had just come out of like this Tumblr era, you know, we were all like bloggers at a point. Yes, uh, I was too. <laughs> and we all go to neighborhoods and take a picture and post it on your Tumblr. And, you know, we were all kind of going through the Tumblr era. And, then, and during that Tumblr era, we discovered a lot of like alternative musicians, you know. And I think that's mm. when Frank Ocean and just kind of getting into his catalog, I realized that. You could create R&B without making it so linear and, and, mm. and, and without making it only fit um, specific uh, 
kind of genre rules and barriers, but you could really be experimental with it. And that yeah. allows you to really feel a freedom when it comes to creating. And so going through, through that time kind of opened me up to kind of different kind of creative voices um, mm. and, and, and ways to create. So I think yeah. that had been a really prolific artist then, Solange, Petit Noir, all of those people, they really kind of showed us that as artists, we didn't have to fit into a really generic kind of way of being. Okay. Yeah. okay. And speaking about creativity, would you say your, um, you write your music? Where do you get your creative thoughts and creative when it comes to like writing your music, if you do write your own music? How do you get to that point where you pen down those lyrics? So I, I write all of my music. All of it is written by mm. me. Like um, I collaborate as a composer and an arranger. And so um, you could say I'm really central in, in, in the process of creating uh, all, of, all of my work. How do you find that zen? Like where do you go to write down those lyrics? Or maybe that song comes to you. How do you get to that creative process? I write very like retrospectively. Like it's always about something mm. That's happened in the past. I never write about what's happening in the moment because I always feel like when you write about an event that's currently happening to you, I find that your perspective is it's not as, as wide as it could be. And I think that once you're out of a situation, you're able to see things for what they really are and not mm. just what you perceive them to be. And mm. because I write about like my experiences, the people I've fallen in love with, the people I've fallen out of love with, all of that, um, I, I, I think it's only fair to also like to give them a fair chance to understand their, their, their point of view and their experience of me as well. Uh, and so that's why I write re- retrospectively and I, and I give myself a chance to really understand what had happened. I must be fair in my retelling of a story that doesn't only belong to me, but belongs to maybe myself and another person. So mm-hmm. the process is really simple for me. Like, I just kind of, once I hear the music, I know what the feel of the song should be. And then I've got like this six word story thing that I, that I work off of. So within the first six words of the song, I, I must give you what the whole song's about. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, okay. And so from there, I'm really just kind of unpacking the six word story with every mm. song. You know, that's quite deep. The six words really encapsulate what everything that I'm going to say. And after that, I just really start to unpack what I'm talking about and the experience of 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 that. So it's quite simple, but like it's hard to to simplify sometimes like a complex emotion into six words. And so Mm. once I've got the six word, unpacking it is like easy. Easy. I, I get what you mean. I also have a strategy how I write my stories. So mm-hmm. you spoke about love and lost love. Is Lana mm-hmm. Mavusa dating someone? Is he in love? Who's he dating and how long has it been? you like to know? <laughs> <laughs> Just a hint would be nice, you know. <laughs> no, yeah, I am dating someone. Yeah, dating a really mm. amazing somebody. Mm, that's nice to hear also wanted to find out seeing that now you're like the big star that you are how's the family treating you like your immediate family extended family are you like 
treated differently from before the fame or is it still the same? Well, I think like with my immediate family, like it's really still the same. My mom, I get to her house and she's just like, like, I mean, they really acknowledge and, 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 and celebrate like my achievements, but it's never outside of just career kind of support, you know? Mm. Uh, I think the difference really happens with the extended family where they come home and like you like I, I've had cousins call me like randomly like a cousin that I would have not spoken to in like <laughs> years yes. like video call me and be like how cuz Gunjan but you can see they like trying to show whoever that they were that they're speaking to me ah yeah. damn <laughs> Has a TV is all and, dun, 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 dun. and I'm like, uh, uh. you see here, I'm actually like playing for the gallery. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think the difference in, 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 in kind of treatment has been from the extent of I mean, nothing from you. Mm, mm, yeah. Okay. Unrelated to what we're talking about right now, I just want to know how did you survive the whole year? Seeing that 2020 was one hectic year as an artist not being booked for gigs how did you manage to survive 2020 and now that everything's slowly opening up how are you finding your feet again yo so when 2020 started that it's going to be my year so many plans and i remember starting off the year with a fast you know yeah and throughout that entire fast, I was really praying to just stay grounded and to be focused because I'm going to have this whirlwind year that's going to be incredible. And I just need God to be with me and to really keep me grounded and to give me the right support and not to have me surrounded by any distraction because, yeah, Khutoba, incredible. And two months later... Clips were shut down, you can't do anything. All of these plans can't come to fruition. I'm now kind of worried about like whether I can drop my album or not. Just kind of in a in a moment or a state of panic for like the first week of lockdown, you know? Mm. I had gone into quarantine two weeks before lockdown had happened because mm. I had fetched a couple of my friends who had just come back from Paris and that week, one of my friends got sick and I was like, oh my God, there's this thing called Corona and it was, in, it was happening in France. So that means we all need to like quarantine and go test. Mm. You know, we're, we're, we might, you guys might have given me Corona and so we're going, to lock, we're going to quarantine. And then while we're in quarantine, Cyril's like, fellow South Africans. Lockdown. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and so... During that first two weeks, I'm really panicked. I'm just like, how am I going to pay my bills? Am I still going to be able to fulfill any of my plans? And like that time was really unsettling and uncomfortable for me. But there Mm. came a moment when I realized that the year was actually about surrender for me. Mm, Okay. And not so much, um, not so much a year of 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 harvest or of, of of splendor but really about surrendering and understanding that i'm not in control mm. that no matter how much i do or 
or give or, sh- or, or, or try to, to, to push that there's always a greater power. Um, mm. And sometimes you just have to let, a, let, let things go, you know? You, mm. you put your all and then just let it go, you know? Mm. And so once I, once I got into that moment of surrender, the year really became much easier for me. I, and things started to happen on their own, you know? Um, mm. the coming together and being able to, like that, that time of not being busy allowed me to, to be more detail-orientated when it came to my album. I was mm. able to, 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 to go through the mixing and mastering process really carefully because I had so much time on my hands. Mm. And I was able to understand what the album was really about, you know, and, and, and for a long time, and even know what the cover would look like. And, and, and that time of, of isolation, of, 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 of solitude allowed me to think and to, to understand what the project was about. And, and it really was about seeking healing, but it was a reflection of a journey. And so that, that was what informed me to, to make the decision of the, of the album cover with one face reflected in two mirrors. You know? mm, you look okay. at it, they think, oh, it's three heads. And it's like, no, no, it's not even three heads. It's literally one face reflected in, three, in, in two mirrors. You know, That's I'm holding deep. two mirrors. And, and the reason for that is because the album reflects a journey of heartbreak in three parts. So it's one mm. body um, going through a journey and that journey is reflected in three parts. And that's why we've got the first phase, the second phase and the third one, because <laughs> we go through those phases of, of the pain, which is the mm. first one and the heartbreak that's filled with the ballads. In the middle, we go through the mess, um, songs like Pazda <laughs> and All of Me. And that's when mm. I was, sumo all the time <laughs> uh, trying, trying to fix or, or, or cover up a broken heart and then in the last part we kind of go into a, a moment of healing and that comes from pretend where I realize that I can't do this I can't do the I, I, I just can't pretend anymore and so I go into spirit and I really have a moment of prayer uh, for myself and I leave space in the song for the listener to pray for themselves and we go into I wish where we reflect about the world and in love lost, we have a moment of acceptance. Mm. That acceptance really allows me to, to find the healing. And, and so lockdown wasn't so bad for me, if I'm being honest. I was able yeah. to, to really give, um, to give my work the, the attention it, it needed. Yeah. Wow, that is so deep, hey? I was like literally visualizing that, but that's deep. Second last question, what are your hopes for 2021? My hopes for 2021 is that it is better than this year. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, I, my hopes for 2021 is that everyone will watch my interview special with Focalistic this December, record it and keep watching it in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just... I really want everyone to, to have a better year, man. I think that we've all kind of come out of, of a really tough year. And I think we, we, some people are just, we're not acknowledging how, how tough it's been on us all. And we've mm. kind of moved on 
and forgotten that, that like this this was a bit traumatic you know it was it was so, yeah my biggest hope is that people are able to deal with the circumstances that they found themselves in because of this year and that they're able to come out of it like victorious and just yeah. and more stable and yeah i i just hope for a better year really mm. just a better year can we breathe with <laughs> you know can we i know can we just um just see each other again um mm. and, and really be able to to embrace and 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 to enjoy each other's company without mm. um, without apprehension or worry you know mm. because because we sit with each other now, but while while we're sitting, we're scared. Each other, we're scared. Oh, oh. So, that's true. Yeah, I hope I hope for a better year. Yeah. Last question. So you're part of the big picnic lineup, right? Yeah, How do you yeah. feel about being on like stage again and giving people what they want? You know, just tell me more about it. Oh man, like I did the big picnic last year, and it was mm-hmm. incredible. We did it at um, in Newtown at that old um, the old park stage. Station. Um, and I and I've always wanted to perform on that stage in that venue, um, and 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 it was just a beautiful thing. And, and to be called back this year by MTV to do the big picnic again, but obviously reimagined virtually, and to collaborate with an artist that I love so much. Uh, focalistic is just exciting for me, you know. So I think it's going to be a really, really cool um, viewing experience for everyone. And I'm also excited for like the point, the moment of kind of trying to fuse these very different um, artists together, you know, that collaboration and, 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 and that kind of cohesion between myself and... Um, Mr. Superstar, focalistic. It's it's going to be yeah. amazing. So yeah. I'm excited for it, and I, and I'm also excited to see the other artists who are doing it. So AKA and Amifaku are doing it as well. Yes, uh, the two of my favorite artists, you know, um, who also inhibit different genres and spaces uh, sonically, but uh, that I really really love. And so I'm I'm excited to see them. I'm also excited to see Obrinwana's episode as well. So. I think it's going to be a really, really, um, a, a, a really beautiful viewing experience uh, for for a lot of people, and so I hope that people will tune in and 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 really be able to enjoy uh, what we've packaged and and put together for them. Wonderful! Thank you so much, and we will tune in definitely. Please do. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Langa. Thank you. <laughs>